<laughs> yeah, bro. What? It's really it's it's almost like a dance. That's the only thing I can really compare it to. And yeah, depending on the platform that you know you're talking people on, it all it all adds a bunch of different variables and layers to it. But um that's what I'm working on. Just um just talking and communicating. I figure the best way to do that is to start with people that I already have somewhat of a relationship with and that I know feel comfortable talking to. You're right. It's like a dance. It's so much like give and take with it. And with people, I mean, like six degrees of separation, you find someone you know might know someone else that really got a hand in this. And like that's just building up a, a pretty much a whole empire for what you're trying to do. I mean, Exactly, bro. That was another thing. I was big on networking with like-minded people and like you just said, getting put on because that's really the key to it, especially if you're trying to grow. Now, this specifically, yeah, I didn't have big, big, big like ambitions for. I wanted to be, you know, real natural flow, see where it goes kind of thing because what really called me in the direction of doing it was talking to people um, because I know those conversations can be just depend on the person you're talking to, just full of jewels that you can walk away from. And the thing I noticed is when it's really only a one-on-one conversation, I'm just talking to somebody, somebody's talking to me, nobody else around is really privy to the information. Just those two people talking. So with the podcast and platforms like this, yeah, bro, it's, it's definitely exciting. Um, but yeah, as far as outline for this, hardcore topics, but I was going to start it out like kind of give people an idea for one of who you are and a lot of the activities uh-huh. you got bro, because you you got a lot <laughs> going for you. Activate. <laughs> I want that most definitely. So let's start out with early life, you coming up. What was it like? Shit. I mean, I was born in Jersey. We moved over here about when I was five. And we've been here ever since. But I mean, as far as like growing up, yeah, Delaware, man. So, I mean, got my siblings, two brothers, two sisters, all together, same household, two parents and whatnot. I guess, like, from a young age, it's been about, I guess what my parents instilled in me is just, you know, growing up, get your grades right, work hard, and just be about your business, for real, for real. And I feel like that, that kind of mentality kind of just pushed me to, I mean, it pushed me to do a lot more than I think people uh, are willing to do, at least in my day-to-day. I mean, I find that, like, stuff that I kind of take for granted for what I'm willing to do, people are like, dang, man, you're going, like, a whole extra mile. But, I mean, <laughs> for me, it's just kind of, like, it's just kind of necessary, you know what I mean? Like, like even, like, you, like you see me in UPS, like, it'd be some days, like, damn, why the hell am I here? Hours I like, you could have been a dude to walk out an hour ago, but you're still there. And not even for, like, you know, people who, like, really got your best interests in mind, but you're just there because, you know, at least for me, it's just to put my best foot forward and keep working until I guess I see things through. That's, that's a, all it really is. That's so necessary today, bro, especially when you talk about just separating yourself from the pack, just in regards to mentality. Like, 
it really is crazy to see in real time the difference and perspective. Just little, you know, offhanded comments like that, like, dang, bro, you are going an extra mile or, you know, you're going to do all that. But <laughs> you, it's like, it's not even a second thought. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just, this is regular. It's a normal day. <laughs> big facts, big facts. A lot of, I know a lot of that definitely came from your parents. Just that instilling that discipline, yeah. younger age, you and your um, siblings. But what else or where else should I say, do you feel like you got a lot of that discipline from? or just that mentality in general, besides your parents and your upbringing? I think, I mean, it's always, like, with connections with people. So, I mean, I guess well, it's hard to, like, uh, separate it from my father. I mean, my father's where I get a lot of my inspiration from because he's a really hard worker. But I guess just people I interact with on the day-to-day because, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm a little competitive. So if I see someone ahead of me, that's what I want to strive for. I mean, when I first started wrestling back in high school, I seen a dude on the team. He's like, he wasn't the nastiest dude on the scene, but he's like, he was good. Like he was winning matches. I was like, okay, that's what I want to be like when I get to uh, when I get to be my best. Like I always want to strive to to be as good as I can in any aspect of what I'm doing, whether that's writing, reading, working out. Like if I see someone who's ahead of me, I'm like, okay, I can't be comfortable where I'm at right now. Gotta be like I said, moving forward, put my best foot forward to be the best version of myself. And sometimes that's not always being the best dude in the room, but it's about knowing you're being the best version of yourself what, at any given moment, you know, or at least working towards it. I'm not, I, I hate like just sitting still knowing someone's like doing better than I am. So, I mean, that's, that's an everything. I feel the exact same way, bro. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so that's good. So basically it's a lot of, not just from your family, but just like an internal fire and yeah. you being in close proximity to like-minded people on a regular. Gotcha. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. What about school? You feel like um, how because you graduated high school, what year? 2016. 16. And I graduated college in 2020. I mean, man, I always had like uh, like a give and take relationship with school. It's, I've always been the guy who's had like straight A's and whatnot, good grades, never got in trouble. This sports, but it's like for me, it's like I could always see the person like from their perspective, like yeah, school school sucks. I hate this. <laughs> I, I I I always like see it from both ways. Like, I can see when people's like yeah, college isn't for me. For a while, even though I was doing good in college, I was like yeah, it feels like it's not for me either. But it's like going back to that, uh, putting your best foot forward, even though I didn't like the situation I was in or really enjoy college or even high school that much, I was always going to do the best I could at it because that's that's what I was presented with. I mean, I, there was a point in college where I was like, it's my second associates. I could really walk away from this, go get a job, start start uh, making life for myself. But it was like, nah, you got to see it. A part of that is my parents, like, saying, yo, you got to finish out. You can't just, you know, not finish what you started. But, you know, just at the end of the day, I know I, I had to finish. I had to keep going with it. Yeah, definitely, because at the end of the day, it's 
it's definitely a big investment, no matter how you look at it, especially once you already get in that water. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like you, you know that too. Like the whole time I was in uh my junior senior year of college, I was at UPS. I worked there in the mornings, get up some days, you know, like three, four, go to work, and then as soon as I get off work, turn around, run off to school. As soon as I'm done classes, say like three or four, I'm running off to uh help my brother with his route. And that, that ends at like what, six, six thirty. Some days is later than that. So it was like it was really like a really like consistent regimen for like two years. And even like the uh my first two years, I ain't work morning like that. But as soon as the summer rolled around or at the winter time, grinding out to uh, you know, make up make up that money. So as soon as I walked out of school, well, I walked out two months after school, paid off all my debt, nothing left. So I was really school wasn't something I was attached to. I didn't let it I uh, bear weight over me either. As soon as I was done, I was done with it. Finished, finished out. And I could move on to whatever I wanted. Next, next thing. And that's not even you, you didn't even take into consideration or you didn't really speak on balancing that out with working out, your mental health. Yo. How, how was yeah, I mean, like, it, it's, it's really crazy because it's like sometimes I look back, I'm like, I can't believe there was like, hey, like, damn, there's not enough time in the day. But when I look back, like, some of the stuff I would do, it's like, I don't know how. Because between, like you said, between working out and then reading and writing and in school and then, like, helping my brothers out with a sport, it's like, wow. I didn't realize there was that much time in the day, but that's just how it was. I mean, we started, you generally started the day. Um, what time do we have to be at uh, UPS? Like what, like 3, 4? Yeah, yeah 3, 34. So back then, yeah. when you were doing that and you were in school, I mean, yeah, we we started the day earlier than a lot of people. So I feel like that definitely might have helped out a little bit with you already being up and then yeah. going right as soon as you get off work. Yeah. Because I think I think sometimes what it is is like, there'll be some days I'm like, damn, I wish I could just like sit back and do nothing. But I think for me specifically, I I think I work better when I have a lot of stuff on my plate. It keeps me focused and keeps me rolling. Because there's some days I'll sit down and when I do have some free time, I do have, like, a chance where I could really just, like, not do much. I'm like, damn, this feels like a waste of a day almost. Whereas, like, while I'm in that regimen, I'm like, damn, I wish I could get a break. But, I mean, I feel like that having that adversity kind of pushes you into uh, almost like a better version of yourself. And, I mean, everybody needs a break every now and then. But I think for me specifically – keeping that that schedule like difficult not even difficult but just keeping it keeping it going like that like one thing after another every day it kind of helps me helps me stay focused i think i can see that i can see that it reminded me of this will smith quote um he talked about a lot in his book with his dad basically instilling in him from a young age to take everything in life with the mentality of looking at it as a brick by brick process every day, mm -hmm. every workout, every shift, 
every page read and not really looking at not focusing all the time because I feel like that's what a lot of people struggle with too and what keeps them from having that type of perspective that you do have is focusing on the wall instead of the individual brick the task at hand Mm -hmm. so what was something else that you felt like helped you balance out a lot of those different moving parts still to this day even between work working out being there for your family was something that on a on a level you feel like helped ground you Mm. I think the way my mind works is breaking things down into their smallest parts. There's some days it's like I'll be at work. I'm like, damn, I just started. I got eight hours in front of me. But when you break things down into smaller parts, and I feel like that makes everything a lot easier. As far as like if I if I start a day at work, I got eight hours in front of me. All right, I'm going to start with the first hour. All right, we're going to get this computer booted up. We're going to start taking our notes start filing away paperwork and whatnot. And then when, after that hour is done, you work on the next one. And you can take that as far as you want to, really. I mean, it could be an hour, a minute, a second. It's just about breaking it down to the point where it's overwhelming, I think. And I think, at least for my routine, how it's been for a majority of my uh, adult life, it's just been about breaking stuff down to the smallest parts. Whether or not it was waking up and just breaking down my first part of my day, uh, getting dressed, taking a shower, driving to work. And then we go into the next phase, getting started for work, throwing boxes, whatnot. And then you break that down. The next part is your uh, school and then working out. It's just kind of separating things. So it's overwhelming and big. And I think I just take that in uh, every aspect of my life. So as far as like on a spiritual level, I think it just all kind of ties together. It's not so much... uh, not so much about like a, a thought process or uh or just like um I'm trying to think of a way to word it. It's not so much about me uh breaking things down and um overthinking. It's just kind of how I move about my my day, just kind of keeping them in, in, as a small uh small parts. Do you take any motivation or any um? Do you distill any of that from any type of literature? or any type of philosophies? Like, is there any type of artist, or not artist, but author specifically that you look to that kind of has a similar mentality to that? As far as reading, I've always been more in the, in the fiction as far as uh, reading and literature is concerned. But I'll listen to a lot of people like, like Jordan Peterson, like their podcasts and their discussions on life and about ways to move about your day. Not so much far as reading is concerned i think reading is more so my escape from uh from my day-to-day stresses so i enjoy just reading about worlds that's <laughs> completely fictional and whatnot but i'm always willing to listen to like, motivational speech or speech uh speakers and whatnot for a while i was listening to uh motivational speeches like in the beginning every day just kind of get me uh get me go going and get the ball turning as far gotcha. as feeling energized and whatnot kind of uh, moved away from that but but like I said Jordan Peterson is one of the guys I listen to a lot but I think what he's I can relate to as far as the point I'm at in my life yeah most definitely bro same here uh, even on a fictional note though 
be it like comics or anime or just something, you know, fiction in and of itself. Do you do you look at it? Do you look at a lot of those stories through like a mythological lens where maybe subconsciously? I think I get what you're getting at. It's almost at least with a lot of uh fiction I read, you got the journey and it's about starting from a place of almost regularity and kind of moving through the phases of life. Yeah. Exactly. Adversity challenges and kind of coming back to it. And I think I think I can apply some of that to my life. But I mean, where I'm at right now, like I'm I'm what, twenty three, about to be twenty four. A lot of that I think even like when I discuss stuff with my parents and whatnot, it's like you can only observe the world from where you're at right now. So, I mean, you can take parts of the hero's journey, but like in reality, you might be on the, only on the first of that journey. Like you really can't see the whole, the all, all encompassing image of it just yet. Well, it's about understanding the process and kind of following, kind of uh, lead your own way too much without seeing where the path is headed. I think I, I've had this conversation or I guess more so my father and my sister and then between my mother, a lot of times we'll get into arguments or even discussions about um, spiritual spirituality and whatnot. But it's like, it's always where you're at right now. Cause I mean, you 10 years from now ain't the same person you are right now. It's like, you really gotta, you can't be too grounded or too, uh, to stand offers about where you're at right now, like be certain with it. Cause you don't know what your next life experience might be. And that might change your whole image on everything or your whole perspective on uh, life and where you're at right now. Like for sure in your soul, like right now that people can't change, but you might meet someone tomorrow and have a situation that's, that's beautiful and see that they, they can change or they are capable of change. So it's like, you can't, be too set in your ways or set in your worldview at one at one stage of your life. Yeah. And it's hard, it's harder for most people. Well, for, for some more than others, to really see it like that. A lot of people I know just do tend to do the opposite and where they are, or like you said, see somebody and realize or think to themselves that they can't change or never will and they don't look at the big picture or see how much like you said will happen in time and where they'll be at in different parts of their journey yeah so with your family when y'all do like have those discussions where where do you usually stand like what example of something that y'all would talk about as far as your your different perspectives on spirituality, I'm trying to think of a good example. But I mean, as far as like, I don't want to dive too, too deep into religion, but at least um, if you want to, <laughs> I got you. But I'll start with the with the soul. So, I mean, we've all me and my my father. He grew up Christian, right? My mother, she grew up Muslim. And by the time they pretty much uh, uh, built their relationship and whatnot, started having us, they pretty much both moved away from those two religions into more uh, being agnostic. 
and where I'm at pretty much with it is not so much the belief of a God who resides in the heavens, but more so each of us are our own gods, our soul, and each of us have our own individual individual soul, and we pretty much dictate our realm. And I think that in a way, I think some people can interpret that almost as arrogance, but I think there's a certain beauty to it. Because I mean, when I hear people say, uh, all grace to God, when you kind of grant yourself that insight that you are your own God, that gives you your own power over your own destiny and what you can do with your own life. And I think a lot of times people will look to to God as a uh, external force as a reason for why things are, are going a certain way in their life or why certain things are bad or good or, or whatever the case may be. But I think when you, when you say that God resides in me, I am my own God, he kind of gives you, gives you your own, um, not, not, I don't think control is the right sort of word, but almost like a response. Like you owe it to yourself to, to move a certain way or, or dictate how you're going to act in your everyday life. So I think the idea of the soul is kind of like a beautiful thing when you say you are your own God or you are your own, uh, your own, I guess, Lord in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. And I definitely tie that into almost looking at yourself, not necessarily as your own commander and all, all being God, but, the captain of your ship. Yeah. Because yeah. me personally, I feel as though ideas, spirits, multitudes of them inhabit us at any given time. And I look at them as old, mm. stronger than, because I always think it's weird when people say, oh, you should uh, learn to control your emotions or be the master of your feelings. Or even when people go as far as to say, you know, suppress certain feelings or emotions. It's like, mm, that's a lot easier said than done. You know what yeah. I mean? And <laughs> I, part of that is because you aren't necessarily in complete control of yourself but i think what's what's really cool about it is my parents have never kind of forced any beliefs on us because i mean if one of us said well you know mom I, I believe in christianity or i believe in muslim or islam it's just they would never look at us any different it's always about finding ourselves and kind of you know like writing our own ship it's always been about not about uh, forcing us to believe a certain thing or kind of trying to make us see the way they see the world. It's always been about them wanting us to find our own perspective on the world we walk in. Definitely. And I, I can see them doing that, not just for y'all's sake, but just for the sake of them knowing and having went through something similar as far as finding themselves. And looking at you guys, like, I'm going to let them do the same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely done a lot for me. I think it's helped me people's perspectives and why I can kind of accept seeing uh, situations from a, a different different view, be it anything, whether it be politics or work or or, or anything in that uh in that strata is just kind of I think giving me an open mind to seeing other people's uh view of the world. Especially if we already look at ourselves like and we're really introspective in of ourselves. Mm-hmm. By default, I feel like that allows us to be a lot more sympathetic and understanding and curious to other people's perspectives and motivations. And it doesn't it doesn't always let us, you know, see through people like glass, but at the same yeah. time, a, a lot of the, the the firmness I feel like that would kind of have you kind of closed off to someone's mm-hmm. thinking aren't necessarily there when you already have the type of understanding that we just spoke about. So we talked about family, we talked about friends, coworkers, associates. Um, from a from a celebrity standpoint. And from somebody that's um you know already well known and well established, somebody motivational. What are a couple people that you look to for that type of inspiration? Because hard for me to pinpoint exact person or like people. I feel like for me, kind of because I'm willing to uh to observe or engage in a, a lot of different forms of media or like entertainment. I feel like. For me, I really enjoy reading and writing. So I think one person that comes to mind is, is George R. R. Martin. Just for the fact that the person, when he started out, I mean, you hear this story like constantly with authors. They, they put out books, they write them, they get rejected a hundred times. And then it finally comes back one day where someone gives them that chance and then they blow up in the stratosphere as a, uh, as a writer or a fantasy writer. And that's the same case with uh with Brandon Sanderson. Uh, he wrote nine books, like these tomes, thousand page books, all of them rejected. And he finally got his shot with uh with Mistborn, I think it was, and he just blew up in the stratosphere. And why well, I said George R. R. Martin first, because he's a he's a guy who who really didn't find success till he was an old man. So it was really like he kept on going toward like fighting for his dream until he until he reached that old age but i mean eventually he got that and that just shows me that i mean if you keep working for something like you just put your head down and put the work in you can really achieve whatever you set your mind to there's some days where i'm sitting down i'm, I'm writing i'm like damn this is why am i wasting my time with this or if i'm sitting down reading like damn i don't think i could ever write a sentence as 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 well executed as this but then, like, there's other days where I'm like, you just put your head down and do the work, try not to see see the mountain, just see the rocks. I mean, it makes it a lot easier breaking stuff down to the smallest parts again. I think that using those guys like Brandon Sanderson or George R. R. Martin, authors like that, athletes, like, as far as, like, wrestling, like Jordan Burroughs, dudes like that, Kyle Snyder, guys who – who started off in places like similar to me, like just some dudes like Kyle Snyder, he's off in Maryland, a couple, maybe like an hour away from where I'm living now. And he just put the work in. Youngest uh, American gold gold medalist Olympian 
I'm not saying I want to be a, an Olympian or anything like that, but I'm just saying if you put your head down and do the work, great things will come, regardless of how long it takes or how quickly you want it to come. If you if you put in the work, great things will come. Yeah, it all ties back in to what you said earlier, just looking at it mm-hmm. at step by step, brick mm-hmm. by kind of thing. And that kind of ties into the wrestling aspect and where are you at right now? So I, I know for a fact you're still doing jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's the thing too. I mean, like, because the first sport I, I ever did, actually I was about to say football, but I think the first sport I did was a uh, basketball. But the first sport I was really into and I did for a significant part of my life was football. I started that in elementary school. And then um, in high school as a freshman, I started back up. I took a, a couple years off in middle school. I started back up in high school as a freshman. And there was a point where I really, really disliked uh, football. I mean, I had, by the time I was a freshman, I had become one of the top five strongest kids in school, lifting all this weight and whatnot. And I got to be a sophomore. And with that, like, with all that, uh, the accolades of being the strongest, you kind of expect to be a starter. And it felt like I really hadn't moved anywhere as far as my football career was concerned. I guess almost, I want to say not almost out of spite, but a lot of people were motivating me to do wrestling too. So I was like, you know, I'm not getting the kind of play time I want with football right now. I think I should try something else. Not that I was quitting football because I, I would never just leave a sport behind. But in addition to doing football, I started doing wrestling in my sophomore year. And with that, I found success. I mean, I started out uh, with uh, wrestling. I was, like I said, I was one of the strongest dudes. I could compete with people who, despite having more uh, more knowledge about the sport than I did, I could still stand in the same ring with them. And as I went through high school, it wasn't so much just about um, – just about football. It was kind of football and wrestling. By the time I graduated, I wound up finding success in both. After my um, high school career, uh, I didn't continue doing football or wrestling, as, at least in the uh, academic in the academic strata. I would still help out as far as uh, coaching, like my brothers, and helping like local teams and whatnot. But after my uh, my uh, first brother, he graduated um, high school. There was a couple of years for my next brother, but uh, he's, he's wrestling now, but there was some time in between. I, I decided to take up another discipline in jujitsu because it shares so many similarities with wrestling and it kind of helped keep me grounding. I feel like with me personally, I, I need something that's not just uh, working out because I can work out anytime at home and that'll do me good. But I think having a, a, a discipline that's more routed in sports Helps me keep my head on straight. Helps me keep thinking about how I can get better. There's only so much you can do as far as, like, in the weight room with, like, benching and, and squatting. There's only so much you can invest in a, how am I going to evolve at doing this. There, there, there are just ranges of motions, whereas uh, with jiu-jitsu, it's, it's, a, it's a style, it's a discipline that you can build and uh, mold to yourself as far as um, and uh, applying it to yourself specifically. I find that because I'm a wrestler, I really try to mold my uh, style in jujitsu around being a wrestler. That is done. It's done good for me so far. 
And jiu-jitsu in and of itself is such an intricate discipline and a dance with whoever it is that you're, be it, you know, it could be sparring or an actual match with somebody. The dance and the, the amount of information you could take away from every match and every spar, I also feel like ties in a lot to it. Like you said, grounding and just that mind-body Spiritual, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it all ties back in, especially with something specific like that. Mm. And yeah, then you just definitely, it's definitely something not like, not not that it like boggles my mind, but it's crazy when you have like wrestling that, that shares so many similarities with it. It's almost, but but jujitsu is is, it's almost like exactly the same, completely different. Because you have wrestling inside of it, but then you also have submissions and you have your position and go into the ground. And that really changes it from something where it's like foot on the gas pedal to uh, to uh, to slowing things down and kind of taking detours and thinking things through. Because you can't you can't just uh, put the hammer to the nail and, and reach a solution because there's dudes in there who are like half my size. And if I try to do that to them, they'll, they'll submit me. Like easily, yeah. it's not the strongest guy in the room. It's not about strength. It's kind of using using your head and applying what you've learned. And it's kind of that's that's almost not that the, that's the, the absence or a lack of that in wrestling, but way way more emphasized in uh in jujitsu. Most definitely, I can definitely see that, especially as like with wrestling. I feel like. It's like you said, it's there, but with jujitsu, the thought process has to be a lot more planned out. Yeah. Especially yeah. on who it is that you're going against. Like you said, a guy being half your size would capitalize on some of the things that will work in your favor in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that's that's fun too, cause I mean like, cause before, cause there's a a point in wrestling where it's like if you're the biggest guy in the room, almost by default, no one's really gonna be able to handle it. Twenty thirty pounds lighter than you, they could have significantly more technique, but if you wind up on top of them, it's kind of. I mean, there's a little bit of that in jujitsu too, but jujitsu really does. I guess even the playing field, it's rule set and it's uh and and uh, what constitutes as submissions and points and levels of the playing field as far as uh big dudes going against small dudes. So, I mean there's a lot of things that, that you can take advantage of on a big guy as far as like with me, a big guy's way more likely to uh, overextend in certain positions or it's way harder for him to keep small guy pinned down just for the for the fact that they can uh position that big guy can't or they can put their legs and their arms in positions that big guy can't i mean on your feet big guy probably has that advantage but when you take it to the ground which is 70 to 80 percent of jujitsu you yep. the little guy the little guy it really gets leveled out it really gets leveled out yeah, there's so many different when there's so many more windows of opportunity that present themselves for a smaller guy up against a bigger guy in jujitsu opposed to not just wrestling, but a lot of different 
other MMA variants. But it's almost like I remember I don't think it was you. Somebody told me it was always the most almost like chess compared to checkers. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. I it's, see that. Like that. So many different variables you gotta take into consideration. And uh, I like how it all ties back into it being an everyday process, just learning brick by brick, because it's only so many recognized black belts in jujitsu, like in the world. Like it's that many. So it just goes to show how elite you have to be to really even make it to that point. Not yeah, the amount of effort it takes, real. It, yeah, it's like it's either, either you, either you, uh, have a great amount of success in like the tournament atmosphere of the sport. You really have to sit there for like ten years and kind of dedicate yourself to learning the craft of of jujitsu or, or whatever martial art you're learning. You really have to dedicate a significant amount of time in your life to uh achieve that step, whatever the highest level of a uh, discipline it is you're training and there's no other way around it at all i mean no i i can't say that because you do you do got those freaks out there those anomalies anomalies i'll get it in a shorter amount of time than three years yeah, uh, yeah. was it bj penn that got his it, it's something like that i mean i'm i'm not good with names but I know there's some dudes out there. It's like they, they start and they train. But I mean, a lot of those dudes, they they really, uh, they're every every waking moment to uh to sports like jujitsu, yeah, or whatever the martial art is. Like that's that really, if you're willing to go uh five six days out the week, I mean, compared to a dude who's doing it two to three, it's like you're doubling for every week that you guys uh attend class. He's pre- pretty much doubling your output. So it's 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 kind of night and day for someone who's willing to uh, dedicate to the craft versus someone who's dedicating time to the top of what whatever their uh, other priorities might be. Yeah, bro. It, it and it, I like to look at it from a I like to extrapolate it and look at it from a year from a, a weekly, monthly, like you just said too, weekly, monthly, and then a yearly basis. If you look at somebody who's doing five days a week as opposed to somebody that's doing two days. You look at that from a year's worth of progress, and yeah, you, you beat five to one. There's no yeah, it's a fraction. It's a fraction of the time. Yeah. <laughs> no way that person is catching on a through a competitive lens. If we're just talking about those two people, there's no way that that person is going to beat or have a competitive edge over the dude that's going five days out of the week. Yeah, it's just he's, he's ingrained in it. It's like that's, that's in him, whereas you have to okay. I, I do this, and then like them. However many days you off, four days you off. You come back. You kind of got to reset. Whereas this guy, he, he might have had one, two days off. He's he's still in that zone, and he's still getting better. And you're getting better. Too. It's going to be slower. There's going to be a significant difference between the two. Yep, most definitely. Ah, uh, bro, I. What's your workout schedule look like? Right now, it's kind of built around it's built around my work day. So I mean, I get up, work about like seven thirty. But usually, I'll get up at five five ten. And before, when it was warmer, 
I would get up at five and I'll run around my neighborhood for like 25, 30 minutes and then start showering. But now, like, I usually get up at five and then I'll do at least 100 push-ups, usually more, but at least 100 push-ups. Work and on um, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I'll work out at my house. And then um, you sometimes Wednesdays interchangeable. But some, da- some days on Wednesdays, I'll go to jujitsu. But I work out of my house on um, on Monday. Like right, the way I've been doing it now is I'll do legs on Monday. I'll do um arms and uh, core on Wednesday, and then Friday is kind of interchangeable depending on how my Wednesday went. But usually I'll do that. I'll do the workout at home Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then um I'll go to jujitsu consistently every Tuesday and Thursday every week and then like I said sometimes on Wednesdays depending on how I'm feeling or how my day is going what I'm doing with it weekends some, some days I'll uh some day, some days I'll work out on weekends but usually that's my uh my break time get my body to rest the last time I worked out all I did was was trap bar uh leg press squats and like maybe some lunges but like there's some days where I'll get a little bit more, like I'll, I'll do legs, I'll do core, but there's some days where I'm like, okay, I'm only going to strictly focus on legs. Because, I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm at, where I've worked schedules, at least workout schedules, where like I turn multiple uh, muscle groups like during a, uh, during a certain workout routine or whatever it is. But I think I'm at the point where I'm strong enough to pretty much dictate what I want to work out or what I feel needs working out. Because, I mean, there's sometimes – or um, or I'll do an upper body workout, and I'll, I just won't like do any curls or anything like that. Or I just won't bench mm-hmm. or do heavy compound uh, weights like that. So I think it's gotten to the point where it's, I'm pretty much um, I think my muscle group are developed enough where I can just kind of target. If I just want to target target shoulders, if I want to target back, I'll target back. But like I'm at the point where like, I don't think I need to keep just working biceps like every day. I don't really do curls anymore. Cause like my arms are pretty much at at the point where it's like okay, there's other <laughs> stuff I could be working on, and then then just building up my arms more and more and more. And gotcha. same thing with legs. Like I'll just, I think the last workout I did, I just did trap bar, and it's like instead of just going up to like 500 pounds and repping that out like 12 times, I just went up to um like 315 or, or a little bit more than that, and just repped that out for like sets of uh, like 20 something. And then just kept doing that, like, for the whole workout routine. And then did some uh, leg presses and squats kind of fin- to finish out. But I think adding some variance to your workout and kind of targeting certain muscle groups over others is is something important. I think a lot of people uh, don't realize when they go into the weight room. But a lot of guys will, will like, okay, I, I'm working out. I have to do bench or I have to do squats or I have to do deadlifts. Whereas I think – it's way more uh, case by case, or it's way more. Feel like your one part of your one set of your muscle groups are sore. Maybe you don't have to work them out, or if it's you realize muscle groups are more defined than others, you don't have to go in the gym and work that out every day. It's not. It doesn't have to be so, I guess, rigid and set in stone. You can really make it whatever you want it to be. It's not so much just okay, benching every day. Got to do that. If you don't, if you fill up groups. Or your your chest muscles, your pectoral, your pectorals, and your uh, your biceps, and whatnot are are good where they're at. You don't have to 
keep dedicating workouts to that. You can really dedicate way more time to most groups you really don't uh, target on a case-by-case or day-to-day basis. Exactly. Uh, I, I feel the same way. It's definitely a case-by-case basis. With me, I feel like the last thing I did was upper body, a lot of compound movements, deadlifts, um, pull-ups. But where I feel weakest right now, or I feel like I need to kind of supplement right now is legs because, you know, it's been cold. And like you said, I I was on the fence between running in the neighborhood or going to a park once I got out here. But once I realized yeah. how cold it was, I didn't do either or, bro. I just <laughs> – I had a treadmill down here, and I always yeah. felt about treadmills. So when I first got here, I just completely ignored it. But when I realized it's kind of cold – between a rock and a hard place. Let me just try this treadmill out. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it, mind you. And I've been using that. I'll get on that. Um, and what I was doing was, because I had to get used to it, it was kind of weird running on that as opposed to, you know, like an actual actual ground. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I would kind of, I, I ease my way into it day by day. I start out 15 minutes. Next day, I add on another five minutes so on and so forth. So now I'll get on there for about 40, 45 minutes. Mm. At least three to four times out of the week. At least three to four times out of the week. Um, If I'm already doing legs that day, I'll just go right to the leg workout. If I'm doing something else, be it like chest and body, or um, if I'm doing, um, if I'm doing like chest and triceps that day, that's just how I have it formatted right now. So, I'll do triceps, back biceps the next day, and legs and shoulders the next day, and then um, reset. So if I did chest and triceps on Monday, on Wednesday I did legs and shoulders. Thursday I'll go right back, chest and triceps, and go from there. But, um, yeah, with if I'm doing legs that day, I'll run and then just – knock legs out right after I finish running since they're already primed up. But um, if I'm doing another group that day, I'll probably just save it towards the end of the day, that evening, or maybe that afternoon if I got time. But um, the compounds, the, the for me lately, what's been working just to keep me in a good rotation and just to stay consistent has been like the uh, – the muscle groups that complement each other. So chest and triceps, back and biceps. And mm-hmm. it kind of validates the week for me. But my rest day so far really just been at least two days out of the week. Maybe a Thursday or a Friday or Saturday, Sunday. Mm. I got you. You know, I've been thinking about, I've been thinking, because I had this conversation, uh, I think it might have been a day or two ago work and um they were talking about like their diet as far as um what they should kind of uh to put on weight i might have been at jujitsu i forget but he was talking about how he could eat like so much like not put on any weight uh despite like working out every day and i think that a lot of people don't uh 
not that they don't understand or have a good grasp on it, but they don't realize what kind of what it takes uh, to put on weight and muscle uh, and what their diet has to consist of to put on weight and muscle while working out. Because, I mean, I think eating is another thing that's like it's like case by case. Whereas, like, I can, like, pretty much eat. If I start eating bread and starch and whatnot, I'll put on weight, like, really easy. I go up to, like, 260, like, in the blink of an eye. I'm 220 now. But there's some dudes who can, because of how their metabolism works and how fast they burn uh, burn off calories, they can eat an ungodly amount of junk and still not put on any weight. So I think that um, when it comes to diet, and I think people don't realize just how much and iron and um and just kind of like meat and vegetables to really uh bulk yourself up as far as like working out because i know for a while you like you were vegetarian obviously and then like you uh you started eating meats and whatnot i don't know what um what you're eating right now though so right now it's really just really just simple meats bro um simple simple protein packed meats and um just good carbs so chicken salmon of course and that's really it um i try to stay away from like pork and red meats for the most part but really that's what's just- crazy because yeah it was crazy is, is that like when you start eating food that's good for much like you don't be eating like, i mean not like like as far as like variety i'm saying yeah. Like, once you start eating uh like clean, you realize okay, I eat this type of meat, this type of meat, and this type of meat, and I eat vegetables, and then like, I eat fruits. But it's like you realize how much of the grocery market that you do not consume, or it's not necessary for your yeah, you to don't be eat at all. It's just it's at all. Most of it is junk. Yeah, it's like it, it's crazy, but. It, it bottled my mind, like when I started like watching videos and kind of educating myself a little bit on what, like what you need to keep yourself healthy and like all the stuff that's not good for you, and how much of the, the supermarket is is not good for you. It's 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 like it's insane when you look at the uh, the food pyramid that they show kids when you're in elementary school or or you're learning about your uh, nutrition and whatnot, and how it's like really fiction is is just crazy. Well, it's so old. Like the that that model specifically is so old and outdated. And thankfully, they really don't push it as hard as they did when we were in school. Yeah, I don't know if you. I remember seeing that constantly when I was in elementary school. I was, um... and I led to so many people, like you were saying, having this distorted image of what it takes to. Not only just be help well, not only to um to be fit and healthy, but yeah, to be healthy in and of itself. It was like uh, because everybody's body was so different, and that model was really specific. I feel like to certain types of um just certain demographics in and of itself. Like some a lot of people didn't have access to the type of food that was actually on that pyramid for one, exactly. and then the thing exactly. on there. The quantities were messed up for as much as for the amount that we should be consuming. Um, yeah. But what I was going to say too with that was, 
I had somebody tell me before when they, you know, realized what I ate. This is after I had, um, this is after I had stopped being vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Dumped right into really just, even though I had stopped being vegetarian, the meats that I did start to eat were still, it was super narrow and super specific. Really yeah. just, just in the, for the fish, but for the most part, salmon meat as far as chicken and poultry but for the most part chicken breast specifically and that was really it and they were like yo you eat this you want to cook the same thing every day and it's like nah it's like it's not that i want to have salmon rice (laughs) every night but it's my go-to and yeah (laughs) wasn't eating the salmon then it would really literally be the same thing every day because it'd only be vegetables. <laughs> so, yeah. so, <laughs> it threw me off. I think, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing, too. Like, you don't, like, food, like, eating food and, like, dinner and whatnot, whatever your your uh, day-to-day is, it's, it's not supposed to be, like, this, you know what I mean? Like, it's not supposed to be, like, oh, this is about to, I'm about to eat this piece of cake or this cheesesteak or this or this cookie. Like when you eat, it's it's for consumption and nutrition to keep your body functioning. And that's not to say like you don't need to enjoy what you're eating, but every time you eat it doesn't have to be something that uh gives you a rush or or is like super pleasurable. I think that's what leads so many Americans to a just because you have like this such such a large palette of options as far as like fast food. And like easy options to get something that that's colorful and tastes good that you kind of forget at the end of the day this is about keeping your body functioning and not just giving your your brain that pleasure of a uh, of something sweet or something salty or something that just that good and it's really about about keeping your body body healthy i think when you tell somebody i only eat like meats a b and c and vegetables like a b and c it it really bottles their mind because so many options when you say i'm not going to take any of them for the sake of uh keeping my health right it just i feel like it kind of throws people for a loop sometimes yeah i definitely speak from experience most definitely i could see it and for a while it threw me off because because i was like i don't understand why it's that big of a deal it's really just a mind over matter thing like for me that was the biggest takeaway that i had ever even got to this day from being vegetarian and I still see it as something that I could easily just jump back into. But for me, it's been more of a a precautionary thing, just looking at the statistics and the long-term health benefits of it, because it's such a case-by-case thing that there's actually people who medically have pre-existing conditions that prevent them from eating certain meats so as a result they tend to just stay away from meats altogether and inevitably just convert to full-blown either veganism or they'll you know stay the route to just being a vegetarian but for me me personally i never had i was fortunate enough to never have any pre-existing conditions that prevented me from eating certain food groups 
So what attracted me to the idea of being vegetarian was the disciplinary aspect of it. It was one of those things, like I think I told you before, I looked at it as, okay, if I can do this, if I can commit to this for however long, it'll be a tell for the amount of discipline I've been able to cultivate within myself. So I did it for like what? can't even remember off the top of my head but a few years a few years a little before and mm. i walked away from it with I w- well let me back it up a little bit i walked away from it after doing what i feel like was a substantial amount of research and studying to make making the right call if I was to continue to do it down the road, looking at possible ramifications, or if I was actually taking the initiative to stop while I was ahead, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I ended up going with the latter and look back at it less from a, okay, where am I at physically right now? And more from a, what did I learn from that? Yeah, the biggest takeaway I got from that was just discipline, mind over matter kind of thing. Yeah, I respect that. I mean, that's that's kind of where I was at, too, because I think when I really kind of hunkered down with my diet was after, like, I think sometime, maybe my freshman year in college, I was working at Amazon, and now I got up to uh, 260. That was the heavy side bin, but I wanted back down like once I started really focusing on what I was eating what I was consuming because I didn't feel I I was strong as all what but like I didn't I didn't like how I felt so I mean I kind of made it a point to uh, focus on what I was eating what I was consuming so it got to the point where I was comfortable with how I felt and I felt good like at least on my day-to-day walking working out and all that the whole thing but I mean, I think dieting, it's just important to realize it's 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 way more intuitive and, and person to person. It's not it's never that uh like we were saying that that rigid format. At the end of the day, even if it if your diet isn't perfect, like you don't have to be the like you can still go to McDonald's. It's just it's just about not letting that be your uh your diet. It's it's about knowing. No, stop. And that's that. There's discipline in that too. I mean, there's discipline in saying I'm not gonna ever eat this, but I think there's an amount of discipline too in saying I can eat this, but I know when to stop too. Yeah, it, it definitely all just falls back into you having that mind over matter, and yeah, yeah, having the. It's crazy because it all really stems from a mind body spiritual connection and the food that we eat i feel is definitely influences or ha- it, it has a really really big influence on that connection between all three of those different variations and not just the food that we eat but just the content and the amount of information around us that we take in on a day-to-day basis Mm. A lot. Yeah. That kind of kind of goes back to that. Uh, you are what you eat, saying. Yeah, I mean, literally. There's some 
And there's some truth in that. Because, I mean, your, your, your mind state is directly affected by, by the state of your physical body. If, if your mind, the mind is a temple and the body is a castle, if one of them, if one of them is in disarray, then <laughs> the whole, the whole thing's coming down. Yeah. So you can't, you can't just keep one, one, one goes, they go hand in hand with each other. If one's in disarray, then the other one's sure to follow. And one thing I noticed with that is for a lot of people, it really just falls on it, uh, definitely a person to person basis, but for one person, it may take them longer to get one of those three aspects back on track or maybe three of them might be disarray or in disarray. And it would take that person that much longer, especially taking into consideration how long they may have been in disarray. Yeah. All over the spectrum of health with well, the health spectrum and where people are at in their journeys. So it's really important to meet certain people at the right time in their life. I feel as though, because like you were saying too, about change and thinking somebody can't change or also being a little bit too optimistic about somebody changing. You got to take into consideration a lot of variables, especially where that person is at in their life on a physical, from a physical perspective, as far as what they're eating physically from a mental perspective, as far as their upbringing, it's still kind of somewhat what they're eating physically. And then from a spiritual perspective and, so all kind of variables that go into that. So it's really interesting meeting certain people at certain phases in their life, especially depending on where you are with any of those three phases in your life. Yeah. I think what's kind of going back to that idea of change too, what I find interesting is you can hear something a thousand times from one person and then it won't ever click to you here from the right person. Like you could like as far as like um like we have parent children or parent uh children relationships and whatnot. Your parents can tell you something a thousand times you can be bullheaded and not listen to it, and you hear the same exact advice from a friend and it finally clicks. I think when it comes to changing a person, it re- really like comes down like what you were saying at the right time and sometimes it really depends on it coming from the right person too it really is it's the the right thing and it still come from the wrong person especially depending on the subject matter what it is that you're saying because from personal experience i can attest to that especially like for example telling somebody we're not telling somebody but maybe explain to somebody how, you know, as opposed to whatever they might have been told before about themselves on, let's say, for example, an educational tip as far as going mm-hmm. through going through with school, coming from a friend as opposed to that person's family or people around them telling them the opposite. And they hearing that from you at the right time in their life after having had just went through or having had heard, you know, family and friends saying this, this, that, and the third about them not doing it on a negative end of the spectrum. 
you saying it to him for the first time could really spark something in him and be like, oh, maybe I can. But, yeah, you know, putting that right thing in somebody's ear at the right time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's deep, bro. It's deep, bro. It, the crazy thing for me is really just realizing how important it is to network and have certain things already just out in the atmosphere while we're still young. Because I think a lot of things, a lot of time that happens with like people around our age, I know me personally is kind of thinking with a mindset of like not having enough time. So it, it mm-hmm. almost you were saying when you just look at the clock, you're like, all right, I got eight hours in front of me. I feel like with life, a lot of times people look at it as like, all right, I'm already in my early twenties, about to be in my mid twenties, late twenties. It it really falls back on just that self-confidence that you have in whatever goal or direction you want to go in life and how hard and willing you are to bank on that, regardless of whatever's going on outside of you. I feel like it's so easy to get confused and discouraged by a lot of outside situations and circumstances, but when you're able to have the mindset that you spoke on as far as just breaking everything down to the smallest variable and looking at it as a brick-by-brick process, you'll never go wrong. Even in old age, like, you'll always be able to reap some type of fruit that you have put in all that work for. Because you're always going to reap what you sow, regardless of it be a good or bad. So just having that mentality and just really going for it every single day, you really can only imagine what you'll be able to reap from that. Like you might have gotten the taste of it so far, but the possibilities Mm -hmm. are endless when you really look at it for the long term. I think it's, yeah, it's, what gets me too is like that, that mindset and that process even if at the end of the day it's not it don't turn out exactly the way you wanted it to or as perfectly as you envisioned it if you can say like this is this is what i i, I work for this is like I, I gave my all it's like you can still walk away satisfied with that it's not like i let someone else dictate where i was my ship this is where I, where I, where I, where i landed and this is, this is where i'm at and you kind of got to you gotta be willing to accept that, and I think it's easy to do that when you know you put in the work and you you put forth the effort, and you got yourself here, regardless of of where you wound up. And part of the, the beauty in that too, I mean, is you have the next generation, or is is having kids or having people who look up to you, younger siblings or just other friends or just young people. You can give them lessons that you learned on your journey. The, the uh, the hiccups or the shortcomings, the pitfalls and whatnot, you can give that to them. And then even if you didn't wind up where you can help them get somewhere where they want to be. This is never, I think what's important about the human experience too, is it's not, 
as individualistic as, as it might feel sometimes. A lot of times it's about giving things to the next generation. I mean, there's stuff in my life, and I wish I had done this or I'd done this differently. And you don't ever get that back, but you can you can help someone else, like like my younger brothers, as far as like their sports career or like academics or whatnot. You can get what you never got to them, and in a way, that's it's almost like you're you do get you do get that what you, what you missed out on or didn't achieve. There's always it always ties. Yeah, willing to put in. Especially with that interconnectedness, like you said, and you getting it back in a sense. It, it I, I feel like it's always better to, if you have it, that being somebody that's went through a certain experience, it's better to have that person go through that experience, especially if it was a bad experience, and have them tell you what to do and what not to do to have to go through it again yourself. Mm. But like I said, yeah. the it, it's it's just a a blessing to have that instead of having no other option but to go through it but yourself or for yourself. I feel that. But bro, I'm gonna wrap it up. This mm. was good, bro. This was dope. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Like you said, man, it's just it's just just talking, bro. About going on eighty minutes. Yeah. What I like about it is just regular conversations, and it's a lot to be taken away from them. That's why, like, when we would have them at work, bro, I would be like, "Damn, like, we need a whole <laughs> audience, like." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cause I'd be like, it's just be like, it'd be the stuff you'd be thinking about in your day to day, observing people and kind of just moving through your day, like stuff that goes through your mind, but you know, self-contained. So you know, you don't really you know go, go go anywhere besides that, besides your mind. But you're right, like talking about it, it's like it gives you like a uh, is is like a sounding board. You're not just like you know talking into an echo chamber. Exactly. Yeah, that's perfect, perfect, perfect analogy for that. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's crazy. And you can have it, you know, I'm big on just practicing what you preach. So to hear two people being able to come together and talk about the things that they've learned and put into practice and reaped benefits from, it's always good to hear and talk about that. But yeah, bro. We we definitely gonna have you back on in the future, most definitely. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> Word. Well, all right, bro. Be safe. All right, Lil. Be safe, bro.